I would like us to go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Paul, inspired by the Holy Ghost, to write the book of Romans. It's a powerful book. We know the book of Acts is the history that isn't finished yet. The book of Acts is the history book of the church that isn't even finished yet because we're still part of the church or the Gentile age. Paul was, uh, you know, God chooses us in many ways according to our capacities the Bible said not everyone has the same gift. I, I believe that Paul, probably the, the greatest of all, including Plato or Socrates, that Paul was even much further above them. Very educated, very learned, uh, very, very good with words. Uh, nobody could, could dispute his ability to prove, paint, or to paint, prove, and persuade that God and the Word of God has great validity. Um, and I love to read the writings of Paul, but here if you turn me to chapter uh, 15, I'm going to be reading 7 through 13. Romans 15, 7 through 13. It says, Therefore, uh, wherefore, so we have to under, understand why is therefore. What is therefore? Receive ye one another, as Christ also received us unto glory. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision uh, of the truth of God. And he goes on to confirm the promise made unto the Father. And that Gentiles might glorify God in his mercy. As it is written, for this cause I will uh, confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing in thy name. And again he said, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. How many know that what he's saying is to rejoice with the people in Israel? We're to rejoice with them. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and loved him, all ye people. And again, Isaiah saith, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles be trusted. And then he goes on here to say, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So, so what is the Lord saying to us? That we, that we should abound in peace and joy and believing to the hope and to the power of our Lord and our Savior. As I said 
earlier, there are some things going to happen in this world that are going to cause people to stagger. The Bible said in the last days, men's hearts will fail them for what they shall see. But that's not what God wants us to be a part of. He said the God of hope declares that we abound in hope. And let me read the verse again. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believe in that ye may abound. Now I love the word abound there because it really, if you look it up, it means to super rebound. We've talked much about a super ball. You know, you take a super ball, you throw it on the floor, and because of what it's made of, it will react not uh, every action has equal and opposite reaction, but the but the Super Bowl has tremendous amounts of reaction compared to the action that you put into it. And that's what it means to abound. Is to realize this, that every effort that you put, he said, it will not only uh, react uh, equally, but it will abound beyond. He said, the, my word will not come back unto me void. So we see here that the Bible speaks repeatedly of our God and his high hopes for each one of us. God wants us to, 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 to be blessed. He wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. But what does blessing look like? I think that sometimes is the problem that we have. You know, we live in an age when they said that you need to find your um, you need to find your destiny. You need to find your your niche, your 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 gifting. And people they struggle with that, and they're out always like Don Quixote when he's slaying the windmills, thinking they're dragons. That, that we get put on a tangent when all of the time life is right around us. So so we. We, we think that life is somewhere else. I remember a sermon of, of, of a man who got on a train. And, and, and his, his train uh, was, his, was destiny, was where he wanted to go. He wanted to go to destiny. And every hour would pass. And they would go by every single train terminal. And it wasn't destiny. And all of a sudden, after his life, he had turned old, looking at all of the people, looking at life, looking at the animals, looking at the farmers, looking at people busy. But no, he was determined that he was going to stay on that train until he got to destiny. And you know, after he was a very old man, the conductor comes down and he says, I'm looking for that place called destiny. He said, there is no such a place and he found out that his whole life was put on hold for something that didn't even exist. And so what we need to understand is all of the people he saw walking, all the farmers he saw, going, all the animals he saw, but yet he never enjoyed any of that because in his mind there was some place that wasn't even real. And because of it, he wasted his life. They said to Rockefeller, 
They said, they said to Mr. Rockford, they said, what would make you happy? You know what he said? Another dollar. He had more money than, than anyone. But you know what he found out? All of the dollars that he had did not make him happy. So he figured, it must be the one I don't have yet. That must be the one. And people live their whole lives in misery because they don't realize that life is right there with them. Jesus said, I give you life more abundantly. And people don't realize that he is the, he is the giver of life. And life is all around you today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us what? Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us not say, well, I think that when this happens, or when that happens, or when my husband starts acting right, or, or, when, or when this, you know, I'm going to be happy then. I will tell you this. If you can't be happy right now, you will never be happy. Life will elude you. Life will escape you. And there are people that allow life to escape them. You know, life is the most precious thing that God could give us. There are people today that are living under a bridge. There are people today that are begging on our corners. There are people that are living so meagerly when God came to give us life and that much more abundantly. Are you living an abundant life? I guess we need to look what that life looks like. See, hope fills us with excitement and optimism. Excitement and optimism. When I was a child, that $5 bill gave me a lot of excitement. It made me very optimistic. You see? But what, may, what excites you today? What makes you optimistic? What makes you want to go reach out? What makes you, what, what drives you to, to want to make a difference? You know, we could be like Eeyore. I remember uh, uh, Wayne's mother, she knitted me an Eeyore because I used to talk about him so much. You know, how negative Eeyore always, everything's bad. And so she knitted me a, a, an Eeyore. And, 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 it, and it reminded me, don't be negative like him, but choose to be positive in the world in which we live. Paul speaks the truth when he says, as, a, as Christians, we are able to rejoice in hope and glory in God in Romans 5, 2. He also speaks about rejoicing in hope. And we can have that hope. In Romans 12, 12, he said hope is one of the greatest characteristics. Along with faith and love to the very end. Let me go to Romans 12, 12 and, and, and read that just, just for a moment. He says rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Now, I would look at that and say, well, make up your mind. Is it hope or tribulation? He said, it's both. 
that we can have hope in the midst of tribulation. We can have hope in the midst of tribulation. The one thing we have to realize is that we can master our mood. I've, I've known moody people. I, we had a man many years ago. I was a pastor in Pittsfield, and, and he was a really great guy. But you knew his mood by the glasses he was wearing. If he was wearing his wire rim glasses, man, he was ready. He was good to go. But if he wore those real black, dark, thick lenses, you don't even want to talk to him. Because that means his mood was not all that good. How many know that we, we, can, we can set and determine our own mood? You see, I can get up in the morning and I can make my day great if I have an attitude to meet with my Lord and allow Him to instill me with His strength and His power. But see, that's my choice. Many of us struggle. In fact, I'm not even going to say man. We all struggle. We struggle with the world. We struggle, you know, and, and I was praying last night. I said, Lord, I, I, you know, what, what hinders me, Lord? And he, he gave me three words. What hinders me, Lord? He said, the flesh, the world, and the devil. Those are the three things that will hinder you from the promises that God has for your life. And I'm going to tell you something about promises. Promises don't mean that you're going to sit on a throne here on this earth. Look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah was faithful to the Lord. In fact, he, got, he was so discouraged in his faithfulness because people would say bad things about it. They would literally harm him until he said, Lord, no longer will I speak in your name. It, it's become too grievous for me. But thank God the anointing was in him and he couldn't shut up because he said of the fire that was inside. But do you know that Jeremiah lived at the same time that Daniel did? Jeremiah was a bit older than Daniel. But when, when uh, they were taken into the captivity in Babylon, Jeremiah was left back in Israel. But Daniel went to Babylon, and he found favor in the eyes of God. And he became, he, he became uh, one of the rulers in all of, the, all of Babylon. You know, Babylon was equal to the United States today as a superpower. In fact, it was the greatest superpower. Now, you could imagine the attitude maybe that that um, that you know, that Jeremiah might have thinking, I got thrown into a mud pit and he sits on the throne. Or I've got 20 and he's got 4000. Come on now. Right? But how many know we need to learn to be faithful with what we've been given. He said where much is given, much is required. So let me tell you this right now. The more you have, the more God's going to require of you. I had in past, and I, I've shared this with you before, I know a man that is, uh, he is, um, he's Border Patrol. And uh, in, his job is up on the Canadian border on a dirt road. He says, I have two or three people come through a day. 
Wow. I said, what a job. He said, I get paid just as much as they do down in Texas. He said, I'm just like the Maytag repairman. And he said, I even have a place to sleep there in that, in that place on the border. Amen. The same reward does he get for what he has than the one down there fighting on the front lines. And that's what God speaks to me. Don't despise the fact that you may have a few. He said, remember, they are just as important as just as well as his position up on that border is just as important. He needs to be just as diligent as a guy down in Texas. And what you have to remember, you may say, I don't have the money that someone else has. Well, that means you, you, know, you don't have to be steward with something more than what you have. Right? Thank God for, for, for the stewardship. Thank God if you, if you don't have a thousand. Always be open to whatever God will do. But God said, if you can't praise me with a few, you'll never be happy with many. And that is the promise to each and every one of you. There's always somebody at work that, that got an advance over you. There's always someone making more money than you. There's always something around you. But let me tell you this. If you can learn to praise God and be, and, and be filled with the Spirit where you are, life will be all around you. You see, it's our attitude. How do I look at it? How do I see myself? Am I going to see myself as God sees me? He said, he's, because what did God say? He said, my thoughts to you are good thoughts. When the devil's been beating us up all day and telling us we're no good, and we're, that the devil tells us that we're, uh, that we're um, you know, that we're just not qualified. What did God say? He says, if I before you, who could be against you. And the Bible also says this. He said, he said uh, I lift up who I will and I put down who I will. How many know God is God? How many we just need to praise him? How many we, did, we need to say thank you Lord? Thank you Lord for where I am. Lord let me be faithful in what I have. Let me be faithful. Yesterday we had a man on the radio who talked about uh, he talked about the finances and how important and how Jesus spoke about finances. He did. Jesus spoke more about money than just about anything. He said to the woman who gave, who gave the might, he said, she's given more than they all. He said to three people were given a talent. And one went out and, and, and got five talents, another, another ten and he said, but the one who, who, who had an attitude toward him, read about that and see the attitude that that man who hid his talent, this is what he thought of God. He said, God, he said, he said you always reap where you don't even toil. I know you. And I knew that if I had lost it, you would have judged me, so I hid it. And you know what God said to him? He said, if you think that way of me, you know, some people see God 
in a pretty dark light. That's how he saw him. He didn't judge him for hiding his talent as much as he judged him for his attitude and his thoughts about who, who God was. The Bible said he'll take from those who have not and he'll give it to those who have. Just the opposite of welfare. Just the opposite of welfare. In other words, he holds us responsible for what we are given. It may not be much, but are we faithful in what, what, what we have given? And I'm not necessarily talking about money. I'm talking about your life, your resources, your voice. He also spake, spake about rejoicing in hope. Hope is one of the greatest characteristics that endures along with faith and love to the very end. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Hope produces patience and persistence. Let me say it again. Hope produces patience and persistence. See, the Bible said in the last days, there'll be those that say, the Lord delays his coming. He can't come until the end of the tribulation. He can't come until... He said, I promise you, I'll come when they do not, when they're not even looking. He said, for I will come when my father tells me to come. He said, I don't know the day nor the hour. How come people are telling you that it's post-trib rapture? When Jesus himself doesn't even know when he'll come. He might come at post-trib. He might come at mid-trib. He might come in pre-trib, which I hold fast to. Number one, I hold fast to it because I don't like knives. guillotines I don't like that stuff my bags are packed when that bus comes I want on but the thing that we've got to realize is we don't set the date of his coming because he said those who do I promise you I'll come at a different date than they set but hope produces patience and persistence we need to be patient. Remember with the martyrs during the tribulation hour, they were killed and they were under the altar of, of God and they're crying, How long, O oh Lord, before you avenge our blood? The thing we need to understand and realize, even those that are martyred during the tribulation hour will not go up to the wedding. Only those who are looking for him. Only those who believe in him. Know the, the wedding, the Israeli wedding, the wedding that they, the Jews so often will practice. You've heard me tell you before that a, a Gentile wedding lasts maybe two or three hours. A half hour at the church and two and a half hours at the wherever. But in a Jewish wedding, it was seven days. Seven days of festivities. That seven days represents, I believe, the seven years that we're going to be with Jesus in heaven. 
And I believe that not only will we be with Jesus in heaven, but as John the Revelator said, he said, when he saw the new Jerusalem come, he said, I beheld it as the bride of Christ. Coming with him in the air. Isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So don't be weary in well-doing. Just so live your life. Allow God to bless you. Allow him to, to, to give you a, a direction. He said to he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is speaking to the ecclesia. Are you not the ecclesia? Some people say, I'm going to church. Really, you are the church coming to the embassy. That's what this is. God showed that to me. He said, this is an embassy, not the church. It is the embassy of the kingdom of God. It is a place where, the, where, where the, those that are, um, how do I want to put that, uh, citizens can come in together under the flag of God and strengthen one another in the power of God. Amen? Great, you came into the embassy this morning, but you are the church. And he said to he that hath an ear, let him hear. God is no respecter of person. That's what Peter said. Peter, when he went to Cornelius, when he had that dream, he said, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. No different, no color, no, no race. God loves every human being the same. Because I'll tell you that people that are prejudiced, they've got a fear. But God said, love casteth out all fear. We don't need to be a people of fear. We fear cultures that we don't understand. How many know that shouldn't be so? That shouldn't be so. We don't fear we shouldn't fear different cultures because I'll tell you, if you fear a culture, you will develop a prejudice toward that different culture. We need to embrace every culture. We need to know that God loves. I, this morning on Facebook, I, I, I reposted a thing of, of a, fam, a Muslim family. The whole family at 5 o'clock in the morning all got the same dream of Jesus and all of that family came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Isn't that wonderful? We look at the Palestinians. We, we don't hate the Palestinians. We do hate evil. I hate evil if it's in um, an American. There's plenty of evil here. How many know that? There's evil in any race because the devil is out to, to, to uh, corrupt the minds and the hearts of of people that God created to serve Him. That doesn't mean we allow evil to reign either. Because if we do, it will reign over us. The Bible said, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. How many know that we're called to warfare? We're called to warfare. We're not here to just... Say, well, as long as I'm on the earth, I've just got to put up with the devil. No, no, no. He said, resist the devil. He'll flee from you. He said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When's the last time we spoke to a devil and said, get? 
Hope produces patience and persistence. Hope helps us to face our future. You know, I think of getting older. You know, it, it's there's something about that. You know, there, there's something about be, be, uh, being more reliant upon other people. There's something about that that can really cause panic. It can. What if I can't walk anymore? What if I can't do it? What if this? What if that? What if that? How many know we need to give our lives? Oh, to Jesus. Thank you. Again, about Wayne's mother, for the last 10 years or so, she was really a shut-in. She, she couldn't physically get out and do very much. Sandy, thank God, uh, was there to help her a lot. But you know what she was? She was a prayer warrior. She said, she said, Pastor, I don't know, but I had a black man come right into my room. And she said, it really troubled me. And I said, did you pray for him? You know, God used her mightily, and he used her mightily in praying for this church. I felt the difference when she passed. She prayed for this church. You see, no matter what age you're at, no matter what your capabilities physically are, you still are valuable to the kingdom of God. We talk about Ephesians chapter 6, and we look at all of the, the, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate, uh, 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 breastplate uh, girt about with truth, breastplate of righteousness, a feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, the sword of the Spirit. We think of those things, and we take it down uh, to, to that. But we, you know what we do? We cut it off there when the Bible says that prayer. You know, in the, in the spiritual um, army, you know you, you know, you have a sword. That sword, it's a short sword, and it's good for about 18 inches. Hand-to-hand -hand combat. But you know what the greatest arsenal is? Is prayer. Prayer is the long-range missile that can, that can help them against the enemy in the Philippines. Prayer is that long-range missile that can reach anywhere in the whole world. Thank you, Lord. So you know what? I have to be okay with that. I've got to be okay with getting older. I've got to realize maybe these knees will creak a little bit. Maybe this will happen. But I want you to know something. I can still rest in the Lord and know that he has my back. And he has your back too. The hope, the God of hope desires to fill us with joy. In Acts 13.52, it said, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. It is significant that our text expresses the hope that God might fill us with joy. All joy. Joy is an elusive and misunderstood concept. I'm going to hear this right now. Joy is an elusive and misunderstood concept. Even among the people that are believers. The first mistake is to equate it with happiness. Happiness is, is an emotion. It really doesn't exist. Happiness is just something you, you feel 
when you're doing something that may be pleasurable to you. I was sitting at an ice cream place uh, back about two months ago, and every single, every adult that got an ice cream, they always come out with a smile. Something about that ice cream makes you happy. Or you go to the 7-Eleven, everyone comes up with a case. <laughs> they come up with a big grin. Because what, <laughs> what, what they're, they're equating some experience with happiness. But happiness is fickle. It has no strength in itself. It, it has no, no, no bearing or meaning. You could come out with that ice cream and be big, have a big smile and someone hit your car and watch how quickly that smile and ice cream goes. But you got to realize that joy is, is, is so much deeper than that. We can have joy. So firstly, we need to know that joy is not happiness. It is something much deeper. Secondly, joy and pleasure are often confused. Pleasure um, is, is the pause we experience between two pains. Ple you know, pleasure is an experience between two pains. That's what pleasure is. But it can, it can leave you just as, just as uh, happiness can leave you. See, what God is trying to talk to us about things that are part of the fruit of the Spirit. These things are absolutes. They're concrete. Christian joy is not dependent upon the circumstances of a man. And I looked up, uh, 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 it, it's kara is the word for joy. It's cheerfulness, calm delight, gladness. To be exceeding joyful, fullness, or fully, or fullness. What does that mean? I've got joy, on, uh, you know, I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. You can have joy in the midst of adversity. Paul had joy in the midst of his captivity. Jesus said to the woman at the well, he said, if you drink of the water uh, this water, the water of Jacob, he said, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I shall give you, you shall never thirst. What well are we drinking from? See, people think that, well, joy means, uh, or, or, or peace means, uh, or whatever means, uh, having that camper that my neighbor's got. Over here, he's got a big boat and a camper. <laughs> he's blessed, is he? Well, if I had that, well, look at that brand new pickup. You know that pickup cost $92,000, and here I am in my rattle trap. Oh, if I had that. You see what I mean? And that's exactly what happens when we try to quench our thirst with the things around us. Because I promise you that $91,000 truck in 20 years will be a rust bucket like the one you're driving. He said, put your treasures where moth and rust does not corrupt. Amen. Where are your treasures today? Where is your, where is your, your, your focus today? Have you got the joy of the Lord? 
Well, you don't understand, Pastor. You don't realize, you know, Israel's here and this in Ukraine and, and that and, and there's threats of this and China's threatening this. And, and, and Pastor, wake up and see. You know what I say? I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. I've got that peace that passeth understanding. Down in my heart. You know, the Bible said that as Christians, we are peculiar people. You know what that means? You're odd to the world. So often we try to fit in with the world. You can't fit in with the world if Jesus is in your heart. We try to do it in the church. We try to mimic the music of the world. We try to mimic the, you know, everything that the world has. We want to be normal. Isn't that what Israel said when they went to Samuel? And they said, we want a king. And he looked at them. You know who that king was? The Father in heaven. He said, why do you want a king? He said, because everybody else has one. You ever have your children say that? I want that because they have it. I want those Nike sneakers because they do. When I was a kid, it was Converse. And the bell bottoms, the hip huggers. I mean, you know, you wanted those things. You wanted it because they had them. But it doesn't satisfy. It doesn't satisfy. And the thing that we need to understand is the only thing that's going to satisfy your thirsting soul is the Holy Ghost. Jesus, I need more of you. And that's why I believe that God's been allowing my dreams to be corrupted. What does that mean? Get on your four-wheeler. Go out in the woods and you get a flat tire. Oh, now i got to walk all the way back. This isn't any fun. Well, you get in your boat and you go to the back of the lake and, it, and then it, it leaks and sinks. Well, this isn't any fun. And, and all of a sudden, what the Lord I know was sharing with me is that I could only rest and go to sleep when I withdrew from all of that and begun to envision myself laying at the feet of Jesus where there was safety, where there was assurance, where there was peace, because he is the giver of all of those things. Try it. But see, God wishes to fill every one of us with joy, the joy of eternal life. Life eternal is more real than the present life in which we're living. And he said that to the woman at the well. You drink of this well, you'll thirst again. If you, if, if you, you believe that if I have this gun, then we you know what? Before you know it, you can have 30 guns. And why do you have 30 guns? Because the first one didn't make you happy. You can't shoot 30 guns all at once. You see what I'm saying? Before you know it, we get this insatiable appetite. And so many people today are getting in debt. They're spending what they don't have because they're hoping that somehow, some way in that, they will find the thing that eludes them. I've seen miserable Christians. I've seen Christians that allow their feelings to dictate 
their countenance. And I'm going to tell you this now. When that happens, we're allowing the flesh to rule. And Jesus said, deny the flesh. Stand in victory with him. See, with joy of belonging to his family. Aren't you glad that you're saved? Have you ever just said, God, thank you that I'm saved? Thank you for the family that I have here. Thank you, Lord God, for each and every one. And Lord, I'm believing that there'll be even more people. But if not, it's all right. I have that joy and happiness that only comes from God himself. I want to, I got to move on here, but in, in 2 Timothy 1, 4, it's a greatly despairing to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. So we realize that Paul's joy was investing in the lives of other people. What is joy? You see, we have the radio broadcast, and we bring people in that are out there on the front lines that are laboring for the Lord Jesus. And I tell you, that brings joy to me, that we can give them a, 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 an opportunity to let them know that they're appreciated, let them know that they're loved. Paul, he, he, listen to this. Timothy was in tears while Paul was in prison. And Timothy was writing to Paul and saying, you know, a lot of bad things are happening, and I'm I'm in tears. And Paul's sitting there in prison trying to encourage him. I mean, that's what a real Christian will do. They encourage people even when they themselves are in positions that would discourage the world. Right? In Romans... uh, 1513 again it says and now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost I'm going to tell you what God wants to instill his power uh, within you you see as sinners they experience so much tension tension of how am I ever going to be able to make it? Inflation. I went into the grocery store last night. And I was, I was shocked. I mean, a, a dozen eggs, three dollars and some odds. I remember when they were ninety nine cents. You, you see, there's been, and I can tell you, young families with a couple children in an old worn out cars, wondering how they're going to make it. But you see, when Jesus is in your heart, he says, be not troubled. Take no thought for what you shall wear tomorrow. Take no thought for what you shall eat. He said, because if the, if, if the lily uh, toils and, and, and yet, uh, you know, toils not, and if the bird uh, is fed, the sparrow, how much more important are you? See, the greatest thing that you can find is find him as your father. Because why? When I, am in, when I am in a situation where I could easily be stressed, I look up to the Father and say, You are my Father. I remind him who he is. You're my Father. Ultimately, I'm your responsibility. And you promised that you knew every hair in my head. You know, we can remind God of those things. You promised, Lord God, that you would keep me. You promised, Lord, you'd never forsake me. 
You promised, Lord God, that you would go to build a place for me. And if it were not so, you would have said, and you will come again and receive me. You promised those things, God. I'm holding on to your promises. few scriptures and I'm going to end in Mark 4 19 it said and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches riches and the lust of other things entering in chokes the word out the word and it becometh unfruitful and that's what this said about the seed when the seed is sown some falls into very good soil and it grows a great a great root and so when the sun comes up it doesn't hinder because it's getting its water from beneath it doesn't wither but some seed is thrown upon stony ground it can't get a deep root and then when the sun comes the plant withers because it's not getting the nourishment some are among thorns and the cares of this world chokes them out are we not on fruitful ground are we not saying Lord Jesus let my root grow deep within Lord God let me be like a tree planted by the waters and Mark 8 36 says for what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul we need to be comforted by knowing that God will help us and will seek to bring good out of everything that life brings. In Romans 8, 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. You believe that God's going to keep you through this next year? Do you believe that no matter what happens and no matter what you see, you can have a right attitude? Do you believe that you can stand strong when, when people's hearts fail them? Do you believe that you can be a person that speaks courage and, and, and can be courageous in the darkest of times? Because that's what God's calling us to today. Be strong. Be courageous. Be courageous. Because we have the Holy Ghost in power. And that's what I wanted to convey to each and every one of you. Is that God empowers us. In Romans 5, 5, and I am finished. He said, and hope maketh not a shame because of the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost. Which is given unto us. As those two boys came up here and confessed Jesus Christ boy that's 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 marvelous that's wonderful and that goes a long way and it will follow them all the days of their life probably the best part of the whole service today is just listen to those boys say I believe in Jesus amen so we have to ask ourselves do we believe we sing that song only believe all things are possible. Only believe. Would you stand with me, please?
guess what I'm going to tell you today is I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. That's the promise. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Assurance is something that the insurance companies can't sell. Only God can give it. And I pray that each one of you will be strengthened with these words. And I pray that each one of you will share these words with those in you, that you come in contact with. To realize they don't need to let their hearts be troubled. They can believe in the source of joy and peace. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your strength. We thank you, Lord God, that you never leave us nor forsake us, but, Lord, you're with us always, even to the end of the world. God, you told us all of these things would happen, but you said it can be a joyous day for, my, for the believer. God, even in this country, as we, we see the release of, of all these spirits, Lord God, but yet greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. In the book of Acts, Lord God, they faced all of these giants. But in the midst of it, they, they grew exponentially. They grew all over the world, Lord God, in the midst of adversity. And Lord, we just look at the opportunities that are before us and that we share this blessed word with those around us. That you are the God of hope and of peace and of joy. We just thank you, Lord, for the word this morning that will carry it with us in our hearts and that we'll share it, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and God bless.